when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And it's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger with you until one on Cork Today. Bernie takes your comments this morning. You can call her 1850-333-103 or you indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed you can always tweet this morning at c103cork. Coming up on the show, well, no surprise to a lot of us that Michael D remains as president of this country considering the polls we were looking at over the last four weeks or so but no surprise either that Peter Casey followed up second because if you're going by the texts and calls we got to this particular programme over the last week and a half people really engaged with what he was saying and it wasn't all to do on his comments regarding travellers which was really picked up on it was also to do with the comments on a social welfare state that he feels Ireland has become and people who were getting up early in the morning going to work always called the middle class who were working day in day out to make ends meet make a living trying to pay a mortgage or saving for a deposit and maybe really not doing so very well trying to save for a deposit considering how expensive uh, our country and indeed our county here in Cork is becoming over the last year or so so with all those factors in place what Peter Casey has said really is what everybody is saying in their living rooms in their kitchens but no one is saying it out straight and there's obviously reasons why no one is saying a lot of it out straight as well you don't want to hurt certain sectors of society but it's a conversation that we really need to be having at this stage here in Ireland and I think Peter Casey has brought that particular conversation to the fore and we can see that either people voted for Peter Casey because of what he believed in or they voted for him it was a protest vote against the government and indeed what many of our callers are saying so far this morning against a Dublin establishment they say that they feel those in our cities and particularly making the decisions in Dublin are just now completely out of touch on what is happening in other areas of Ireland, particularly in rural Ireland. So your views on that, would you agree with many of our callers in Texas so far this morning on that particular issue that people voted for Peter Casey because of what he said and they believe in that, but also a protest vote to those in power who feel they have just lost the run of themselves, lost what is really happening in this country. And many people, I wouldn't blame them for this, really grouping all the political parties together because usually protest votes before would go to 
to other political parties. That is not the case now, it seems. Now it's hard to call that out as it was a presidential election. It wasn't a general election. But at the same time, your views on this, you can call us at 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Do you agree uh, with our callers so far this morning uh, that it was a protest vote and that the so-called Dublin establishments i.e. our government are out of touch with what is happening maybe here in Cork County especially. Anyhow, also ahead on the programme and this really infuriates people if you're out for a walk and next thing your shoe gets sticky because you've walked on gum. Yeah, there's a campaign out now to tackle chewing gum on our streets and the reason for this is for, well, there's a number of reasons obviously to clear up and clean up our streets uh, but the other reason is tiny town groups who are out and they're cleaning up and clearing towns and doing a lot of work in towns right across Cork, they themselves can be losing votes when it comes to litter leagues because of this chewing gum embedded in footpaths right across the county. And indeed, it takes a lot and not a mind, not, not a lot of uh, uh, just work to get them removed, but also money to get the actual chewing gum stain removed off a footpath. And you'll see them right across the city and county. And it is annoying. Well, a new campaign is underway involving students now who have got involved with this particular campaign to remove and really educate people on not dumping your chewing gum onto the streets. We'll hear about that in a while. And your views, I mean, have you come across this where streets, you know, there is chewing gum everywhere or indeed where you're walking down the street, you've had a bad experience and indeed you've walked into that particular chewing gum. Uh, your views are welcome on that as well. Let us know uh, where the worst streets across Cork City and indeed in county towns is where you feel uh, basically the streets is just covered in chewing gum. Let us know that. You can text or WhatsApp 86 103 We'll hear about that campaign though and indeed uh, how the chewing gum industry are getting involved in this uh, to make people aware of how they dump their gum. Uh, we're also going to hear, and this is something we discussed about, I would imagine, over a year ago at this stage on the show, and it's to do uh, for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, and they're still remaining uh, to be campaigning for this particular building and the building is to house the protection services unit now as yet there is no facility to house this unit there is talks over the last week or so of a building to house this we'll hear about exactly what the protection services unit is and why there is such a delay in finding a suitable building for this particular unit given that there's so many idle buildings and units across the county at the moment we're also going to speak to abandoned base band the shrugs because they have a new song out about potholes. Yeah, uh, an appropriate kind of a song for this time of year, you could say. Uh, we'll speak to them and why indeed they decided to write a song about potholes. And we'll hear that particular song later on the programme as well. And we're going to continue our discussion on coping with stress. Our regular counsellor, Joe Heffernan, uh, will be doing a questionnaire later today. So have a pen and paper ready. We'll speak with Joe after 12.30. So have a pen and paper ready. We're going to go through that questionnaire and reveal uh, how people are indeed coping with stress. A topic we've been discussing with Joe over over the last few weeks on the show. So anything else you want to raise on the programme this morning, feel free to do so. I see text coming in on various issues so far. You can call Bernie 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 86 103 You can tweet this morning at C103Cork. C103 on a Tuesday morning after the bank holiday weekend. Hope you enjoyed your bank holiday. If you were jazzing, hope that went well for you as well. Your lines are open 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 86 103 
103 103. Uh, very shortly, we'll be discussing the, and getting reaction to the presidential election, of course, Michael D winning out. Uh, the big talk is about Peter Casey and how big his vote is. No surprise, as I mentioned earlier. And also this morning, I see that uh, Casey, Peter Casey, that is, was, uh, well, he was hoping to join the Fianna Fáil party, uh, but it seems uh, he won't be welcome in Fianna Fáil at this stage by Michal Martin. He's also been offered leadership with Renewa. Uh, their spokesperson in County Offaly, who's also a councillor, he has mentioned it to him. Uh, it was councillor John Leahy, but it seems uh, Peter Casey weighing up that particular option maybe at the moment. He does say that he wants to set up his own new party. And in one of the papers, they're quoting him as saying new Fianna Fáil. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll discuss that shortly on the programme. But also other headlines that are making news this morning. And we mentioned plastics a lot on the show, especially last week, a lot of news about plastic and plastic at sea and plastics being dumped at sea. And I was looking on Facebook over the weekend and the gang in the East Cork who were cleaning up the beaches, they're finding what looks like bottles of washing up liquid or cleaning products anyhow from the 80s. And they were asking people about a particular product and what year do you think this product was released and someone was saying it was 1986 yet that was washed up on the shoreline in East Cork just over the weekend so it shows that plastics even though some people may not believe it they do hang around for a long time if you have plastic washing up Uh, to the East Cork beaches from 1986 and God knows where in the world that was particularly dumped from. You you see stuff washing up from all over the place. A lot from from France though and Spain but that's obvious the way uh, the sea goes. Anyhow it seems now that 90% of seabirds have plastic in their stomachs. Research has come out to show that when they research these birds uh, that the plastic pollution has increased over the last number of years. Only a quarter of the world's land area is free from the impacts of human activity on the sea and that all comes from a a living planet report within 2018 but it's uh, mad to think that 90% of birds uh, that are located in the sea so that would be seagulls and all of those are all affected now with plastic in their stomach and that's from eating uh, in the sea it's obviously whatever they're eating they're eating the plastic along with uh, the fish and whatnot they pick up from the sea and a lot of anger out there with commuters well there's you could say always anger with commuters but this is to do with commuters who are not even commuting to their workplace they're commuting to the nearest railway station and then they're parking there and going to work. Something we're seeing a lot more here in the Cork area, people travelling to Mallow, parking their cars at the railway station in Mallow and then getting a train into the city centre, likewise in Cove and in Middleton. I know a lot of people bought and purchased houses in Cove so they can avail of that. They can actually avail of getting the train into the city centre to save them commuting in and out every day. Well, parking costs are now becoming an issue because obviously you pay or two euro, four euro, five euro a day at the particular car park in the train station. The annual cost of parking now at the commuter stations is to rise to up to 250 euros a year. And that will really increase more and more as years goes on. But it's a big price if you're looking at the moments of going on a train and then you're including your parking costs as well. It could hype the cost of traveling up over 1,500, nearly 2,000 euros a year if you're commuting on a train to work and you have to drive to that particular train station. That is something uh, that is a big concern to those in larger cities and mainly is something we always think of happening in other countries. 
countries. But no, it is happening here in Cork, particularly uh, in Mallow and Cove and Middleton at the moment. And something that I read this morning in the Irish Times, you might have heard this on news as well. And this is how the HSE, and they have begun writing to hundreds of patients who were not told that they had to come in, or they were not told initially anyhow, uh, that they had come into contact with other patients carrying a high antibiotic-resistant superbug. Now, this new bug, which is uh, at, and it's affecting many hospitals, unfortunately, at the moment, it's called the CPE bug. And many people were exposed to this. And it seems the delay in informing people who were exposed to this has caused, obviously, enough upset and disappointment to those particular people. Some patients had left hospital before it was known that they had been exposed according to the HSE. So uh, a lot of patients unfortunately will be receiving those particular calls today saying that they had that particular bug which is doing the rounds of hospitals at the moment. So your views are welcome. 1850 a lot of uh, games on over the weekend, county finals and that, uh, and uh, Duhallow, of course, were taken on the Bars, and the Bars went out in that match. But a text in here, no, I see a text in from Noelle. I know Noelle who texted in yesterday as well, but it was more suitable to this particular programme because it's to do with flags and people putting out flags. And I'm not too sure if this text is accurate or not, but Noelle is saying that she's very disappointed because here in Knocknagree, she feels they're the only village with flags out for the Duhallow game over the weekend. It was so disappointing and with players from all over the county and particularly all over Duhallow, she felt that Knocknagree was the only parish or village in the area of Duhallow that had flags out for Duhallow over the weekend, says Noelle on text to 0862103103. Is that correct? Or were other areas of Duhallow supporting their team and were there flags out in other areas of Duhallow? But according to Noelle, she feels the only flags that she saw out supporting Duhallow over the weekend were the flags in Knocknagree. Your lines, your views are welcome on that. Our lines are open. Call Bernie 1850 But it's the presidential election we concentrate on next. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today with Bri- Now a low turnout for the presidential election and indeed the blasphemy referendum over the weekend on last Friday but the polls predicted Michael D would remain and he is remaining the President of Ireland. However, Peter Casey who people dismissed at the start of this particular election would get a good vote. He did so with more on this reaction from our political editor Eileen Brophy. Eileen, good morning to you. Morning JP. And thanks for joining us. Now Eileen, we knew Michael D would remain President going on the polls and, and the reaction from the the people in the know but Peter Casey who people felt mm, might might get there after his comments but still there was a bit of a, a backlash that he wouldn't get as high as he would he did and he came second basically in the election and going on the phone calls we were getting here I wasn't surprised he did well and looking at the posts from local papers who did surveys they were also showing that he was going to get a high vote what was the feeling overall on the particular result for Peter Casey? I think everybody um thought that he was going to do well but maybe not as well like he came up from one percent to over 20 percent do you know like that was a huge percentage to actually come up 
Um, so while people expected him to do much better than uh, than one or two percent, uh, I don't think they were expecting that kind of uh, of a rise. So he did exceptionally well. Uh, th- there was a lot of talk, I think, about him uh, in the pubs and the restaurants and around the town. People were talking about him. Uh, journalists tend to spend a lot of their time with journalists, so it's often very difficult for journalists to realise, you know, how things are going on the ground uh, but certainly um, if you were talking to friends and people like that uh, you know I, even some of my friends would said things to me like you know he talks the truth and he speaks out he's not afraid of anybody and he had a kind of a, a twinkle in his eye is what one or two people said to me as well and I, I think if you look at all of the debates like they were all quite serious until we got to the debate on TV3 um, on the late night one um, and it was kind of jovial and and he came across that he had a bit of personality uh, in that debate anyone that watched it now people uh, w- you know probably only watched a, sh- a small amount of the debates because they were absolutely like they were dead boring and it was like watching paint dry now to, to cover them they really were uh, you and I had to watch them because it's our job uh, but the normal public would have switched off long before um, anybody else and he came across um, you know he really you know that he he just spoke from the heart uh, nothing prepared uh, whereas other people had a line and they weren't moving from that line and kept giving the same line others were out to attack uh, Michael D Higgins um, and then and others were making sure they didn't attack anybody so um, everyone kind of had their line he didn't he, he came out of nowhere and uh, I think it was a strategy uh, that he said what he said because uh, it certainly you know the, the people under uh, understood it some people felt that he you know he spoke the truth and if you remember in that debate afterwards they asked everybody would they you know like to have travelers in the, living in their back garden or or beside their house or whatever and every single one of them said they would have no problem with it and i think people thought i oh, hear when they heard that. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing we're hearing as well, Aline, and I'm sure everybody would agree with this, uh, Peter Casey, what he said about those getting up early in the morning and going to work and indeed people who were working and those then who were remaining on social welfare. He was comparing Ireland to a welfare station that even though Leah Vracker did say he would look after those who were getting up in the morning, he's failed to do so. And then we have people who voted for Peter Casey as a protest vote because they feel the Dublin establishments are forgetting what is happening in rural areas of this country, especially when it comes to broadband, and they feel similar for the Dublin media, even though, as you mentioned earlier, Peter Casey did get a good vote in Dublin himself. He did. He did get a good vote, but I suppose like he certainly around the country, maybe a lot more, and the broadband would have helped him very much so around the country. Uh, Leo Varadkar himself, when we asked him uh, that night, you know, when we were talking about Peter Casey, he did he did call it on a, a more than one occasion a protest vote. And but I think it wasn't only a protest vote. A lot of people liked what they were hearing. A lot of people felt that you know he had something to say. He was different, and that was it. Really, he was different to all the other candidates.
Yeah, and, and that's what stood out. He was so different from everybody else. And I think what he was saying was engaging with the public who were, as you mentioned, friends of yours saying this all along, yeah. but no one actually engaging and saying it in the public eye. Now, just sticking on Peter Casey for a moment, he is still making headlines across the papers yeah. this morning. Yesterday, uh, he was on about joining Fianna Foyle and Niall Collins and Fianna Foyle in Limerick said he didn't really want him, while the councillor Michael Cattle from Kerry uh, made it interesting. And he said that... He would be welcome in Fianna Fáil as he would change things up. So he didn't have a problem with him joining. But Michal Martin has come out since, of course, and said no. Yeah. Ray New have offered him leadership of the particular party. What do you think is next for Peter Casey? Uh, I think we'll definitely see him in politics. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, Fianna Fáil say they don't want him. Um, you know, they have people that, you know, that speak out, that don't, you know, that don't go with the party, with the party vote. He'd be very hard to control um, if he did join the party. So I could see where, um, you know, obviously uh, people would be afraid uh, to have him in the party, particularly people like Micheál Martin, who is the leader. But also he's trying to oust Micheál Martin because he thinks he should be the leader of Fianna Fáil. But, you know, he doesn't realise there's a lot of other people in Fianna Fáil that are there a long time that believe that they would make great leaders too. But I think from Micheál Martin's point of view is that, you know, there are, he does have the odd uh, one in Fianna Fáil that is very difficult to control and that, you know, speaks out speaks their mind, um, whereas he's trying to, he's, you know, he, he's trying to run Fianna Fáil as a party um, and that they're united. Um, and, and to bring in somebody like Peter Casey, um, he definitely wouldn't, he wouldn't toe the line now at all. So I can understand where he's coming from. But, you know, he could be kind of parachuted almost into any region um, and probably uh, win a seat. So uh, up in Donegal, where's where he lives, like, there are, like there's two strong candidates up there uh, in Fianna Fáil um, he then talked about setting up his own party and I don't think like that there's been like Renewal have actually other than in the media have uh, said that they want to um, contact him I see today like there's quite a, a large story now in the Irish Sun um, you know where uh, they they're, they're, where Renew are saying they're disappointed that he wants to set up his own party or to join Fianna Fáil because they'd like to have him so, but the fact that he'd like to join Fianna Fáil or that he'd like to set up his own party doesn't mean that he wouldn't take over Renewa. That's the thing. And well, he was saying he wanted to set up a new Fianna Fáil and I'm not too sure what exactly he meant by that. That was quoted as well in the Irish Sun over yeah. the weekend. Uh, but he will, I think, going on the feedback he's getting anyhow from the public will end up somewhere in politics. And speaking of where he would end up and protest votes, interesting to see the way people voted over the weekend. Usually, Eileen, uh, protest votes would go to Fein or Solidarity, one of those parties, and That's the right. Sinn Féin candidate, Leonie Rita, of course, here from Cork. Uh, a lot of people mixed views on the results for Sinn Féin, saying it was disappointing, it was bad for Sinn Féin because they wanted the election. Others saying that it was just the way things panned out with the election. If you look at her result, it wasn't much lower than Sean Gallagher and the others. They were all on par towards the end outside of Gavin Duffy. So uh, the Sinn Féin vote in this election, d- does it look at how Sinn Féin are performing overall or would you think it's just a presidential election you can't compare this to a general election yeah well I think Sinn Féin would like to say that you can't compare it I think if we hadn't got Peter Casey we'd all be talking about Sinn Féin um, at the moment because they they would have been the story of the election uh, because as a party they, they didn't get the machine out. They didn't get the, the gra- grassroots Sinn Féin people out. And like that's 
that's reality. You know, um, she got half the amount of votes uh, as Martin McGuinness got. And Martin McGuinness got a dreadful campaign. I mean, he got terrible abuse on the campaign. He got terrible abuse uh, during um, the 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 debates that were on as well and he he came out with you know over 13 percent 13.72 i think it was uh whereas leah is is still in you know around around six percent six three eight i think was what what she was but like that would show you that of all of the parties Sinn fein are is a party that doesn't vote for anybody else they vote Sinn Féin. They vote number one Sinn Féin. They don't even go down the list, whereas other parties will go down and vote, give everybody a tick uh, somewhere along the line. But Sinn Féin don't do that. And they didn't come out. And I think that is a problem for Sinn Féin. They didn't come out for this. Um, and I think they, they, they are in trouble. Uh, we have to find out why they did that. Was it the, you know, the poppy incident where she said she'd wear a poppy? I know it annoyed a lot of, uh, of people within uh, Sinn Féin was that the reason uh, you know she didn't she didn't do that well in the debates but that wouldn't stop them they'd still come out and then she did run into a bit of trouble you know over the average industrial wage because claiming that that's what she was earning but it was clear that she wasn't uh, so there was there was like there was a lot of stuff around her but at the same, the same time Sinn Féin always you know come together uh, and they're very united and they come out and they vote but they didn't this time and I think Mary Lou has to find out why yeah and she did mention that at the weekend at a press conference that it was on her watch that they ran the election and yeah. rang Leah but again we need to find out why they didn't engage and why those within Sinn Féin didn't engage with Leah interesting Eileen I was at the Count Centre in Banning on Saturday and the Cork Northwest uh, votes were being counted there and in her own area of, of Coulee Ballyvorney Ballymacira some of the election boxes coming out of there uh, they didn't give her a first preference and that was mentioned as well I'm sure you heard that over the weekend I so did in fact um, that was interesting, in I fact, thought. Your, your reporter there was actually on to me uh, because Leah had gone to Dublin and didn't turn up at the count in uh, in her own constituency. So uh, uh, Fiona was on looking for a comment from her on that and I asked her that, but uh, she kind of just gave me a pat answer really on it. Um, uh, but it, well, it had to be it has to be disappointing that uh, not only in, uh, only in her own constituency but all over um, she didn't get the Sinn Féin vote. Yeah, and then there's the issue of money. I mean, and everybody's going to get their money back out of this, Eileen. Well, Peter, that's the one thing. I think, you know, I I just wonder, did Peter Casey say to himself, well, that's it now. I'm on 1% or 2%. I'm gone. So he just came out, had a strategy that he would get, you know, to, to get his money back. He is going to get his money back now. Uh, uh, but then he kind of liked what he saw. And I think he got uh, the bug has bitten him uh, and he wants to st- you know, continue in politics. And I think that's basically where we are. He does need to definitely go and get a little bit of training um, on performance. But um, it didn't do him too much harm this time. But uh, he, he would definitely need to do that. But look, he, he did very well and you can't take it from him. Yeah, and the others have lost, haven't they? So they, they will they have to... They won't get any money no, back. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. very difficult. I mean, you have um, Joan, Freeman Joan Freeman saying that uh, she borrowed uh, from the US uh, from a friend of hers there. That has to be paid back. Uh, obviously, Sinn Féin uh, can't afford to lose that kind of money, but they have now. Um, and, you know, they're in a bit of a tor- turmoil up in the north as well. Like we've, You know, the the... the they don't even have 
um, and Parliament up there. So, you know, that th- there's a lot of problems within Sinn Féin, um, North and South. Uh, you have Sean Gallagher, who I, I would presume can't afford to lose the money, but he's a businessman and obviously doing very well. And um, I know that Sean Gallagher's, you know, we, we uh, sorry, we asked Gavin Duffy about that as well, and he more or less said, "Well, look, you know, um, I spent the money, and I have to pay it back now, and that, uh, and that's it." So a lot of them are really out of pocket. But at the end of the day, it looks as if they all could afford to be out of pocket. Yeah. And if you look at that, you just look at the kind of people that have come along and you know thought that they want to be president. I have the money. I'll go up. Whereas a lot of other people who might have been worthwhile, um, you know, couldn't go because they wouldn't have the backing, they wouldn't have the money, uh, and they couldn't afford to lose that money. Even if they had to pay it back, they couldn't afford to borrow it to pay it back, you know. So there's, it's a different breed of person that's going for the presidency. And I think it's something that Leo Varadkar and his cabinet, and indeed the Dáil in general, will have to look at, uh, you know, well, should it be five years? You know, should there, should the should they like what kind of person what kind of qualifications should you have uh, to become president I think it's there's a big debate around that now and I think we, we've 14 years to do it and I think we absolutely need to do it now and when will Michael D officially be in uh, is the ceremony on for him to become president for his yeah, next term I think it's the 11th of, uh, of November um, so it's armistice days, you know, uh, so what time it's going to be because uh, he has to go to France for the celebrations um, or the commemorations as well. So uh, that's what that's what we believe. And th- that would be the, the 11th hour of the 11th day. So the 11th month. So um, so that's why I think it is that day, the 11th of November. Um, that is on. So um, where he has to, uh, he has to get to France. So is it going to be early, very early in the morning, or what they're going to do? There's, there we haven't. I don't think anything has clearly been decided yet, uh, because uh, he is only elected sure on Saturday. So uh, that that's something we'll see this week. But it will it will definitely be. Um, around the 11th, uh, should be the 11th of November. And overall, Eileen, as a a presidential campaign, a lot different than the last one in 2011, but I suppose no political parties really involved in this outside of Sinn Féin. And as you mentioned, the debates, apart from maybe two of them, the Pakini one and the final one on The Tonight Show on on Virgin Media, the two most exciting maybe at times that they got going. The big thing out of this really is Peter Casey. And, and where he goes next and what happens and, and, next absolutely and it, it isn't you know it isn't even Michael D uh, no. the inauguration no. or anything like that it's all it's Peter Casey he'll be watched now uh, and uh, he if he plays his cards right he'll be in the news um, you know quite a lot and if somebody picks him up and puts him into a constituency he can start now in that constituency and I'd say he himself will have a look at the votes and how he did in each of the constituencies, and he will see will he run as as he, as he said set his own party. A lot of people have set up their own parties. Yeah. The PDs lasted a, a long time, but it was hard work for them, and eventually, eventually they had to let go. It's very hard uh, to knock out the the, the main parties um, as a new party. He'd be better off if he could get in with um, a, a new party. Now again, we asked Leo Varadkar. Would he like to see him in Fine Gael? But I don't think he was that impressed. 
Yeah, I don't think, uh, and I don't know Peter Casey go in with, with Fine Gael and Leo either, so, considering no. the comments uh, he yeah. was saying about him over the week. But there seems to be a need out there at the moment for someone like Peter Casey, just a candidate that will speak the truth and that stands yeah. up for all communities, even though I know he did say uh, different things regarding the travellers. But I think there's an yeah. area of Ireland, maybe especially rural and some parts of Dublin, who feel they've been let down by everything over the last five or six years. Yeah, and that, no one talking up for them. No, I think certainly rural Ireland definitely feels they've been let down. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, not, not only with the broadband, but also, you know, with the guard stations, the post offices, um, like a lot of stuff, uh, the whole farming thing, you know, farming community at the moment uh, as well are, are finding it tough. And uh, a lot of that could be due to, it's due to the weather and, and stuff like that, but, and, and climate change. And it's just like rural, from rural Ireland's point of view, it is very, very difficult. And I, I think anybody that, that, you know, is able to make inroads into rural Ireland and do something for rural Ireland will definitely do well in the next election because certainly um, this government or previous governments really haven't done it. Yeah, and it's a message sent back now to the government uh, from rural Ireland uh, by, by the votes he got. Very finally, of course, Aline, the blasphemy yes. referendum also on, on the same day yes. and that was passed. That was passed. I think nobody kind of, I don't think anyone had terribly interest in that. It was overshadowed right. big time, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think a lot of us were very, very, very pleased uh, that it was actually counted on Saturday night because uh, when we interviewed the Taoiseach on his way in, um, he was saying, you know, and of course tomorrow, tomorrow, he kept saying tomorrow, and we were all looking at one another, what is he talking about? You know, they're going to start counting uh, the blasphemy tomorrow, which would have been Sunday, and we were kind of all looking at one another, but it was counted on Saturday night because it was it was a long, you know, it was a long day, um, and I think a lot of people on the bank holiday weekend, there was a bad feeling that it was on the bank holiday weekend mm. anyway, yeah. um, and to have to work the second day, I think, of the bank holiday on the blasphemy would have been, I think, would have been very difficult for for most of us OK Aline well thank you for your work over the weekend on the election we'll wait and see and I'm sure we'll be chatting to you soon on the rumours that will come out from Leinster House yeah. on where Peter Casey may end up but for the moment Aline thanks for joining us from Dublin thanks, that's our political editor Eileen Brophy our lines are open 1850 you can call Bernie or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 a lot of commentary coming into us on the presidential election and indeed why so many people who are texting us voted for Peter Casey and indeed agree with what he is saying and that it was a message to the government and to those in Leinster House and how people are feeling in rural Ireland. As you mentioned, Aline, there say if you can get into the issues that are affecting rural Ireland, any candidate will do well. And that's one of the things Peter Casey did. Uh, your views are welcome on that, 1850-333-103. But on the way, and something that really infuriates people is chewing gum on the streets you know you're walking down the street and next thing your shoe is sticky and you've realised you've stepped on chewing gum or indeed as we mentioned earlier with Simon on the breakfast show if you sit on it even worse again anyhow we're going to hear about a new campaign to tackle that issue next the annual Bennett campaign it returns to Cork with a number of local schools here in Cork involved now this forms part of the gum litter task force and is also an education campaign for the public with more on this I'm joined by Avril Donlan who was the national coordinator of this particular campaign. Good morning to you, Avril. 
Good morning, how are you doing? And thanks for joining us. Now, this is all about encouraging people to dispose of their gum correctly. And as I mentioned before the break there, nothing worse than, you know, you're walking down the street and next thing you step on chewing gum. Uh, it's just the wrong feeling to be getting and shouldn't really be happening in, in this day and age with all the campaigns that are out there for people to remove litter from the streets. Absolutely. So the Gum Litter Task Force is all about uh, making people aware of that issue and encouraging people to to dispose of their gum litter correctly. It's a joint initiative between um, between governments, local authorities, and the chewing gum industry. So they're all working together um, with the shared um, goal of educating people on the correct way to dispose of their litter. And like you mentioned, there, a main part of our campaign is an advertising campaign. And that has run for the past four months uh, across television, radio, billboards. It's been on buses, trains um, and social media right around the country. So that has worked really well for us over the past few months. So we're on now to the education workshops in school, the Bennett Education Campaign. And this programme is tailored for first and second year secondary school students. And it's to raise their awareness of the importance of the responsible disposal of litter, uh, and particularly gum litter. It's a free actor-led workshop for schools, um, and it's got a a session what we would call theatre in education. So it's actors role-playing with students and talking to them about litter in in the public and talking to them about scenarios and where they may encounter litter and encouraging them to think of ways of where they can dispose of litter. Um, And it's also giving them, you know, opportunity to talk about pride in their community. Yeah, and open up on how people deal with the situation of litter because the last thing you want is people looking at others doing this and they feel it's okay to do so. Or if you see rubbish building up in a particular area because other people have dumped it there, you feel, oh, well, that's okay, we can do it too. And just to educate people, especially at a young age, I suppose, Avril, that's where you're getting the schools involved. So important um, to educate at a young age. Um, they're really the, the students are the really the people we want to get our message to so that they will learn at an early age um, how to dispose of their litter correctly and that um, they will carry this message then throughout their lives. And the effects this has then on, for example, Toddy Towns groups and those who rely on good marks to win particular competitions, be that Toddy Towns competitions or the uh, Business League competitions, uh, having a clean footpath, having a clean area, that would enhance them. The more people that are educated, the better for those Toddy Towns groups because they're doing a lot of work right across the county, all voluntary, uh, but they can be hampered by people who are not educated, throwing gum or litter or whatever on the streets. Absolutely. So we would work um, with Tidy Towns groups and I would often meet with Tidy Towns groups and it is an issue that often is, uh, you know, it's a reoccurring issue for for the Tidy Towns group for cleaning up. Um, we would even sponsor a category within the Tidy Towns competition. But because our campaign works um, and has is worked in decreasing the amount of gum litter on the streets, it is helping every town who is uh, working t- towards their Tidy Towns. I'll give you um, some results that we've seen over the last number of years. So how we would kind of measure that our campaign is working, we would do this through the government's um, litter monitoring system, which is called the National Litter Monitoring Pollution System. And they would issue a report every year. And so the most recent results show that chewing gum litter is down to 8% of all litter. Um, And this is down from 15% in 2016. But overall, since we started this campaign, it's down from 26% of all litter. So, so really, we are confident that our awareness programme um, is working. And 
I suppose education programmes in schools are a key driving force behind this. That's very good. And actually, as you mentioned that there, Mary has texted in saying this campaign must be working because around the school gates near where she lives before, there would be a lot of gum dropped around the gates. She's noticed in the last two years that has stopped and the gum isn't there. So there's proof, Everett, that it, it is working, yeah, especially within the schools. Feedback, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's great. And like we say, we can see that the results are working through um, the government's reporting system. But also it is great for us to hear it from the general public. So that's excellent feedback, yeah. And just on the chewing gum issue, I know you mentioned those involved there and I know the manufacturers of chewing gum are involved as well can they do more maybe to enhance the particular campaign I know on the side of chewing gum it will say Binish is there anything else you would like them to see have on the wrappers you know the way the alcohol industry is changing and the cigarettes are changing that something could be put on the wrappers and educating people on how to dispose of chewing gum in a correct way yeah, um, I mean, they do actually have just a small image on wrappers of, of you know, the image of somebody putting um, the, the gum in the bin. It is quite small. I suppose the nature of the product, the wrapping is, is small, but this whole campaign is funded by the chewing gum industry. So they really are working uh, towards dealing with the issue. And they're also working on research and development into um, looking at ways that the product can be easier cleaned up if it is dropped. Mm. And would you like like the cigarettes, the packaging totally covered with someone putting the chewing gum and disposing it in a correct way and then the obviously manufacturer's name written on, on the side? Would that be something you would like, even though I know the packaging is small, but still it, it could be done? It could be done. It's something that I suppose uh, the chewing gum industry can look at. Um, the other thing we do is alongside where a chewing gum is sold, we drop off to, to shops, we drop off gum wrappers. So they are there for people to have as well. Well, that's good. How long, by the way, is this campaign running for this year? This campaign? So the, the advertising campaign has just finished and the um, the education workshops will be running for another four weeks. So we've been running those for eight weeks in total and then we'll start all again uh, next year. And of course, here in Cork, we have schools in Fermoy. We have McGeegan College in McCroom, Skullvira on Wellington Road. You've got St. Mary's College in Mallow, St. Fanahens in Mitchellstown, the Community College in Clon, and they're all taking part in these particular workshops you mentioned there. And indeed, we'll spread the education then across other areas of Cork as well. Absolutely. So they're all taking part as part of Cork City and Cork County Council's uh, participation in the Gumlier Task Force. Um, and like, like this great uh, participation from all those schools in Cork so it will have an effect on litter um, in the communities. Okay, Avril, best of luck with this particular campaign. It's a good one and I know a lot of people are noticing differences, particularly around schools. So that's bringing mm-hmm. the schools in is working for you guys because people have noticed now we've got a few texts in from various people in different parts of the county who were noticing about five years ago a gum problem in the schools and around the school gates that has now decreased a lot over the last four to five years they're saying. So it is working and it proves it Education is a big thing when we're dealing with any type of litter. For the moment, Avril, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Best of luck with that particular campaign. Thanks, Avril. Take care. Take care. That's uh, Avril Donlan there, who's the national coordinator of the campaign we've just spoken about to do with binning the gum and indeed binning the litter and the gum litter task force. And, you know, it does affect towns when you go along to uh, Tully Towns Awards or indeed if you get results from the eyeball survey. Sometimes they can be mentioned. It can be... Uh, very frustrating but also disappointing for those who were cleaning the towns all the time but trying to get gum off a particular footpath it can be particularly impossible so 
well done to all involved in that particular campaign. Maybe you see areas of Cork where gum still is on the streets and the footpaths and it should be removed. And it does maybe infuriate you where you're not happy with that or maybe it's outside your own front door. Anyhow, let us know where maybe areas of Cork could improve with gum on the streets or without gum on the streets. 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 It's Cork Today with you until one. A lot of comments in regarding the presidential election and the conversation we had there with our political editor Eileen Brophy. I'll get to those shortly. On the way, by the way, we are going to discussing the Protection Services Unit. Now, this is how victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, they are still campaigning for a building to house this particular unit as yet there is no facility even though we're all well aware of idle homes and idle houses and idle units across the county. They still cannot find one for this particular unit. We'll discuss that after 11. And also we're going to be hearing from the Bandon Bass Band, The Shrugs and their new song about potholes. Now, something I'm sure you can all relate with, that and more after 11 and more of your calls and comments as well on the presidential election and the result of that particular election and indeed on Peter Casey and if he'll join or if he won't join Fianna Fáil. Well, just a few comments in on this before we go to news at 11. Jonathan saying Fianna Fáil won't take on Peter Casey. Why? Because Jonathan feels they are too PC. He will only say what he feels is right and they will not take on someone like Casey who will say it straight out, feels Jonathan. While Nora is saying that Casey will end up as an independent candidate for the next election or indeed he will be setting up a new political party because no one will want him in his party and many party members as we know are being shot up and how many have left political parties over the years because of that. Anyhow, your calls and comments on Peter Casey and where he goes next and indeed the presidential election a lot of them in already in court today on a Tuesday morning 1850-333-103 our lines are open you can text or WhatsApp 86 on the way we are going to discuss the issue of the protection services unit which still has not got a facility to be housed in this is a campaign that is still running from victims of domestic violence and sexual assault we're looking for this particular unit to be housed we'll hear about that shortly and also we're going to hear from Bandon based band The Shrugs about their latest song all to do with potholes. Yeah, well, they must have had experience uh, with a pothole to write about that. We'll speak with them between now and midday, along with your calls and comments, 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 86 Email jp at c103.ie or indeed tweet this morning at c103cork. On reaction to the presidential election and indeed the reaction to Peter Casey getting all those particular votes, and no surprise really that Peter Casey got those votes going on the calls and texts we were getting here over the last week and a half, people just felt he spoke the truth. He spoke out for many issues in rural Ireland. And this is nothing to do with all outside of the travel issue that was picked up on. It's a lot to do with people getting up early in the morning to go to work. And also... Uh, the fact he was saying that Ireland was becoming a, a welfare state, plus indeed the fact that there was a majority of people uh, said they voted for him because of the truth, but also they were annoyed at the fact that so many people in government were telling them not to vote for Peter Casey, and also then the protest vote played a part as well. Anyhow, your calls and comments on that particular issue to do with the presidential election. First of all, a uh, texter here is saying, uh, John Paul, the presidential election showed how out of touch Leo Riker is 
is with reality. At least he know, knows that he will have to listen to our side and also the government uh, need a Peter Casey in with them or in the government before they make a right balls of the country. You couldn't believe day or night from them. It's all a big sleepover for them in Leinster House, this texter feels. Michael D won't make much of a fuss either for them and that's why he is in there, says that particular texter. While another texter here feels it's all a fix. The government wanted the president to get back in and he did. Who would vote for someone who didn't turn up for a debate? There should be there should be no election at all. Waste of money. Back to where we have started now. The same government with people they don't want in and around them and we still have homeless issues with the HSE having problems. Uh, this texture feels that we need to exit Europe as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure if everybody would agree with Ireland uh, exiting the EU at this stage but this texture feels uh, that anyhow 0862103103 that's the number for text and whatsapps and on Peter Casey uh, texter here saying I agree 100% with Peter Casey at first I didn't and I didn't take much notice of him either to be honest but then when he said the different things and talked about people getting up very early in the morning and not being looked after, which I am one of them to tell you, who is up at 5 to 5.30 a.m. every morning. I totally agree with what he said, and I can understand why all the farmers voted for him in rural Ireland. So, well done, Peter Casey, to that particular texter. While we were speaking with Eileen Brophy, our political editor, earlier, and she was describing Peter Casey, as some described him as being a jovial kind of character, while this texter was saying, I wouldn't call Peter Casey jovial a better word would be arrogant he is such of an opinion of himself well done to Michael D Higgins as that particular texter while Anon text says the Taoiseach or any politician has no right at all to tell us who to vote for in the presidential election I voted for Peter Casey as he spoke the truth so there is too much political correctness also in this country another reason why I voted for Casey some people will not be allowed to give their views on social issues soon says Anon text and John saying the message from the election is that Sinn Féin haven't any real support but normally cash in a floating protest vote uh, which found a new home then in Peter Casey uh, says John and that's the issue we, we did make with Eileen earlier is that usually protest votes go to Sinn Féin or other parties maybe like Solidarity or, or one of those other parties but no this time around Peter Casey picking up those votes so it does and I know it wasn't a general election but it does ask the question for those particular parties where do they go now? Who do they look at now within their own parties? Because the protest vote for this particular election didn't go to the usual parties or the usual suspects it would usually go to. On the issue of travellers, of course, uh, which was brought up by uh, Peter Casey, one of his many comments he made before the election, uh, and texts are here saying, shame on the likes of Michal Martin and Simon Coveney and Leah Riker, and indeed the uh, spoken traveller, John Connors. All of those, uh, what they have said over the last week about travellers, well, maybe they should come and live next to travellers and then see what Peter Casey is talking about to so that particular texter who I presume has had issues before. And Willie says all the talk about the travellers having a culture of keeping horses. A lot of other people in Ireland have a culture of keeping horses, but they all pay their own way and have to buy or rent land to keep their horses. So if people want their rights, then they need to live up to their responsibilities. Also, says Willie in Glanmire on 1850-333-103 while Mary in Mitchellstown, who was speaking to Bernie earlier, said that she 
voted uh, for Casey as he told the truth she will never again vote for Fianna Gael or Fianna Foyle she will only now vote for people who were brave enough to speak the truth in this country and what indeed is going on in this particular country many commentators I heard over the weekend either on television or elsewhere were saying have we a changing face of politics in this country now the way people are voting are things changing are we going very like America even though America is a very different country is that the way people are looking towards it but then again look at an America and I know people have their faults with Trump and he may be wrong on what he says to certain areas of society but if you look at the voting breakdown there which is again a lot different than Ireland but in rural areas of the states Uh, they did vote for uh, Trump because he spoke on what they believed in. So a lot of the rural areas did vote for Trump. And is that something like what is happening here? Not totally like what is happening here, but something similar in that a lot of rural areas did vote for Peter Casey because he touched a nerve, probably the wrong word, but he did touch and made a lot of sense on what is affecting the lives of those living in rural communities. Saying that, though, you know, he did still get a big vote in Dublin and in cities also. Dennis is in Castle Magna. He's saying it just goes to show how the politicians and the media are out of touch with the ordinary people. They did not expect Casey to get such a big vote. There is a section of society who believe that they are entitled to everything. They are just not enough workers to support the people who are not willing to work, says Dennis in Castle Magna. Well, Dennis, I think a lot of people would agree with you with that. And on the issue of the media yes I think there's a lot of sections of the media are out of touch with what is happening on the ground with the ordinary people and indeed so are politicians as well just going on local radio and I said this earlier on and I said it to my own friends last week and they were asking me how would the election go I did foresee Peter Casey getting a large vote because of the reaction we were getting here on our phone lines and our text lines so I think local radio stations and maybe local radio stations in more rural areas than urban areas would have seen that response that they were voting uh, for Peter Casey because of what he was saying and speaking to producers in other local radio stations across the country they were getting the same reaction as we were and they also could see the way the vote would have panned out but you're right there is a lot of uh, parts of the media who are out of touch with ordinary people and indeed politicians as well Dennis thank you for your uh, call to Bernie and on text uh, text are here this is Heidi saying well Peter Casey did very well why? because he spoke for the people that are afraid to say things I read now that he's wanting to run and become a TD I think if he does uh, well he'll do very very well says Heidi on text to oh, on WhatsApp even to 086 2103103 also on uh, WhatsApp someone asking uh, are the posters not taken down yet some of them are being taken down and I did see people working late last night for all the various candidates who had uh, posters up uh, the only really two that had I suppose was Michael D and uh, Lee Nerida and they were being taken down in some areas last night it's in the seven days they have to take them take those particular posters down but I did see last night in various areas of the county and indeed parts of the city where they were being removed yesterday evening and on Michael or Peter Casey and indeed the vote he got Michael in Castletown Bear saying John Paul in 2011 Sean Gallagher polled 28.5% and Casey 
and obviously with 28.5% he got over 404,000 of the votes Casey only picked up 342,000 of all the votes so what's all the noise about asks Michael in Castle Sambir I suppose the noise maybe not all to do with the votes maybe to do with what he actually said and how he has basically people in all parts of Ireland but particularly in areas outside of Dublin have warmed Peter Casey you could say in one word but have realised that someone out there is speaking up for them uh, on a totally different issue outside of the presidency but keep your calls coming on that I have a lot of emails and as well from people like that person earlier who was up at 5am and 5.30am in the morning who does get up for work and agrees with him but also uh, disagrees with others in society uh, Adam was on to us Adam I, that email I have just in from you will bring you that email in the next hour or so as well but on the issue of flags up for the county final over the weekend and we had a text earlier from Noel who felt that the only flags she saw up for Duhallow for the county final last Sunday were in the Knocknagree area. Well, Jim has been on to us and Jim says, I passed through Bally Desmond yesterday and they had bunting up near the bridge on the Cork side. I didn't see much more than the odd flag out in my travels, but definitely Bally Desmond had bunting for Duhallow. So Bally Desmond, Knocknagree did have the bunting out. Other areas that had bunting out, Noel felt that Knocknagree was the only area, but now Noel were hearing that there was other areas uh, with bunting and flags out. Uh, Jim saying Bally Desmond, and maybe there's other areas as well of Duhallow uh, for the area that got behind uh, Duhallow, of course, in the county final, even though they lost out in the end of Unfortunately, to the bars, uh, but still, and well done to the bars and winning the county final. But still, uh, people not happy. Not in agree anyhow. It seems even though not in agree had the flags out, they felt they were the only ones. But now we're hearing Benny Desmond and other areas around Benny Desmond had flags out as well. Uh, so not in agree, not the only place in the world it seems uh, that had the flags out. Uh, thank you for your texts on that. And scams still going around this morning. And in Newmarket, you got a phone call again. The Visa card scams that this guy onto her saying that there were two transactions on her card uh, she then said and turned around to him saying I have no card and hung up so just be careful the visa scam cards back our scam uh, is back again this morning I know over the weekend we were getting calls in here uh, that broadband air scam that's going around telling you your broadband will be cut off and the press one that is still going around and now the visa one going around today so just ignore them that's the best thing to do our lines are open 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 a lot more comments coming in regarding the issue of the election and indeed Peter Casey. I will get to those between now and the end of the show. But just one text here, and this is Heidi who was on to us to do with the chewing gum mission we spoke about. And I will get back to more texts in on chewing gum as well on our footpaths and how it destroys our footpaths and how indeed it can affect tidy town groups who are out cleaning up their town each and every evening on a voluntary basis. But it's very hard to get chewing gum, which is stuck on a footpath for a long, long time off the footpath. Sometimes it can affect the ratings and the results they get for Taddy Towns. Well, Heidi is saying, as I heard you speak about chewing gum on payments, here's some payments that have chewing gum on them in the Maradike Parade area of the city this morning. And she sent me in photos on WhatsApp of the Maradike area of the city and Dyke Parade. And yes, you can see lovely pavements, but all Marad way. Yeah, you've guessed it. Chewing gum stains in them, which doesn't look great. And also, Heidi making one point on how dangerous some of the paving slabs are in that particular area of the Maradike. And there's one picture here whereby you have the paving slabs down and they're fine. 
and then just as you go out towards the road the paving slabs are up down up down which means you could easily trip over or fall over them also if you were in a wheelchair it wouldn't be ideal for you as well Heidi thank you for your text and WhatsApp on that to 0862103103 and when I was speaking about the students who were working and it seems are controlling their chewing gum habits of dumping it on the ground they're not and evidence is seen outside schools whereby there isn't as much chewing gum outside school gates the campaign is working uh, a lot of comments in on that I'll get back to those but one texter here is saying any chance you could campaign these brilliant students to keep their shoes off the seats in the buses does that annoy people when you're in a bus and you see somebody putting their shoes up on the seat? I presume it's the buses whereby, I'm not too sure of the county buses, can you actually do that? Maybe you can, I suppose, in the seat in front of you, in the back of the seat. If that's what you mean. I know on city buses you will see it whereby there's a row of seats in front of you and people put their legs up on that and that annoys people as well because then you're taking a seat but you're also, uh, if you have dirt in your shoe, the dirt goes on the seat. Anyhow, is that something that annoys you? A text there about people who are on a bus and put their uh, feet up on the seat in front of you or put the seat up on the, the seat behind you, which, you know, if they're moving, it can move your seat. Is that annoying? 1850-333-103. Lines open. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for including experienced industrial sewing machinists required for an immediate full-time employment at the O'Connor Group in Newmarket. You can call Mary at 029-60159. Our first-year apprentice carpenter is wanted in Mallow for an immediate start. Inquiries to Kieran on 087-993-1203 or you can contact and email them email is contact at fitzgeraldconstruction.ie and a fast fuel assistance they are required for a busy band and takeaway full and part time positions are available uh, experience is essential there and you can forward your CVs to info at daniels.ie you'll find all these jobs and much more now if you go online to c103.ie forward slash job Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. Something we spoke about over a year ago, I say, at this stage was a protection services unit for victims of domestic abuse, sexual assault and trafficking. It was promised for late 2017 that the service is live in some areas of Ireland, but they are still looking for a building here in the county. And Marie Maud Holland is coordinator of the West Cork Women Against Violence Service. She joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, John Paul. And this is a problem that is ongoing for this at the moment. Just to take us back and just explain what indeed the Protection Services Unit is for those who may not have heard about this earlier in the year. Well, um, the, the Protective Services Unit is basically being rolled out right across the country in, in the various divisions. Um, and it's a very welcome um, addition to, to policing in Ireland. But it's a, it's a very specialised service. Um, it will... Um, mainly be addressing crimes that are with very vulnerable victims. So we're looking at sexual abuse, both historic and current. We're looking at domestic violence. You're looking at rape and sexual assault, trafficking for the purposes of sexual trafficking, um, uh, things like enforced marriage or uh, uh, female genital mutilation. All of those things that have that are kind of within that ballywick, if you like, of very sensitive very um, abusive kind of crimes against mainly women and children, but some men, yes, because, of course, we know that sexual assault happens to men as well. Um, and so, therefore, that, that, that requires a sense, a very sensitive kind of policing and highly trained specialists, uh, people who are, are, are trained in, in specialist interviewing of people, of, of the kind of victims who are going to be 
really vulnerable, really, really distressed and very, very um, uh, frightened. So that is a great initiative of the Angarda Shikana to set up these uh, protective services units. So I really, really want to state just how important they are and how welcome something like this would be. But the problem here is the billing and there seems to be, a, 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 I wouldn't say a lack, but there seems to be a delay in getting a building for this particular unit. Uh, what is the hold up? Is it that there's not enough vacant units in the area or, or why is this being held up? Well, we're talking about, uh, John Paul, we're talking about West Cork and we're talking about places like Bands and whereas you and I both know there are plenty of vacant units. And in fact, um, the, uh, the the West Cork Divisional uh headquarters in Bandon have actually located not one but two possible premises that are literally just a stone still from the main HQ. Um, and the idea that certainly um, the uh, superior officer there, um, uh, the chief superintendent, uh, Cadigan, he's been, I think, I think he's been particularly visionary around the protective services unit. He wants to have it in a building that is not the actual Guard a station mm. because, as I was saying earlier, the type of victims that are coming in very frightened. They're going to be scared of people in uniform, all the rest of it. Uh, they're going to be there's the whole stigma that's attached to a lot of these crimes. So they're going to want to be not in a in a, in a police station or a guard station. There's lots of people running around in uniforms, and there's lots of other activities going around. They want to have. Um, uh, Chief Superintendent wants to have a building that is specifically for these victims, that is conducive, that is somewhere that they'll feel safe and comforted uh, so that that will then encourage them to talk and to and to disclose what has happened and where they can then, through their specialist interviews, get the information they need not detect the offenders. Um, and so that's what's really important. It's important to have another building. They, there have been two buildings, as far as I know, that have been identified. The dragon of heels that is happening is because the resources have not been released in central government through the Office of Public Works to actually rent another building and that's the problem John Paul and that's what we're looking at and my personal feeling about this because the, we were promised this protective services unit by the end of 2017 when I come into the end of 2018 we're being told now that it will be in the first quarter of 2019 but my personal theory on this and I'm quite prepared to say it's mine and mine alone but what I've watched is that these protective services units have been rolled out in places where no additional resources were required and once you ask for additional resources, then, you know, then that's when you see it hitting a brick wall. So it's a bit like everything else that happens in this country. Yes, we want to have all these great things, but we don't want to actually have to pay for it. And we don't want to have to give you any more resources for it either. So they're, basically the guard in West Cork are being told that they have to provide this protective services unit from within their existing resources. Um, and as someone who works closely with Angarda Shikana and sees the inadequacies as well, um, you know, we have a situation in West Cork where, you know, we have Garda stations that are not staffed, that are not 24-7, that um, we have guards maybe having to cover ridiculous areas and um, extensive um, areas of West Cork and, uh, as a lone Garda, you know, and putting themselves in, I mean, they themselves are also put at risk because they're having to cover that alone. So we're now being asked to provide a protective services unit that is highly specialised, highly sensitive. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm very much at the cutting edge of, of kind of 21st century policing, but it's got to be done without additional resources. So you feel the building obviously is an issue, but it's more to do with if they give the building than need the resources and the Gardaí don't have the correct people there to deal with that. They would need more people to deal with this particular service. And that's a bigger hold up, you feel so, rather than the actual building. Oh, I, no, no, no. You have to have, they have the people. They haven't got the building to put them in. Now, and that sounds ludicrous, I know. It sounds like we're standing here and going, what? We have, we have, this, we have specialised people, we have recruitment of new staff, but we haven't got a building to put them in. But have they not identified and, a few buildings uh, for this? Yeah. And so it really is the OPW. If you have this resources so uh, to go in there, it's the OPW are holding it up. Yes, absolutely. It's the OPW that are holding it up. And, I mean, as someone who has... I mean, I've written to the minister... I have written to the Guard Commissioner. Um, I have uh, written to the OPW, all to try and find out when, when can we actually get this and why is this being held up? Because we are very fortunate right now at the moment in West Cork. I know we haven't always been this fortunate, but we have leadership in the West Cork Division that is really proactive around this. You know, that wants to work with other agencies and services like our own, like the child protection social workers, you know, that have reached out and said, look, let's work together, let's collaborate in getting the best possible service and the best justice we can for the, for the victims of these kind of crimes of domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse. And is really proactive around that. And we are stumbling on the ridiculous pebble of OPW not releasing resources when everybody else is singing from the same hymn sheet and everybody's on the same you know we're all on the same page here so the Gardaí have the people in place and the people are there to work and, and fill that particular yeah. building but it's just the OPW aren't releasing funds I presume to pay rent for a particular building is, yeah. that's basically yeah. it and any indication why that is and have they come back to you when you've asked questions any, no, any timeline given nothing yeah. apart from 2019 no I mean I spoke well. to the division last uh, week and they are now being told it will be the first quarter of, of next year but you know <laughs> I'm certainly allowed to say it. They may not be allowed to say it, but we kind of look at each other with skepticism in our eyes because we've been hearing this since this time last year. Um, I mean, if it does happen, I'd be the first to eat my half, and I'd be absolutely delighted to do that. 
But, um, you know, we need to see something that's a bit more than just, you know, kind of palming people off with tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, and I'm not alone in this. I mean, Margaret Murphy O'Mahony, uh, uh, the PD in Banna, has asked numerous questions of uh, the Minister for Justice, Charlie Flanagan, and has not, has not received an answer. You know, she's put written questions in and verbal questions into the oil and has not received an answer. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just the coordinator of a domestic violence service. When our own TD can't get a response from the Minister for Justice, then I think, you know, somebody here is, 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 is somewhere along the line. There's somebody here that doesn't want to give answers. You know, mm. and the more worrying thing here, and obviously we can't go into much detail, but if there is people, particularly in the West Cork Garda Division area, who are in need of this particular unit at the moment, do they have yeah. to go to units elsewhere then in the country? Obviously, they have yourselves in place there for support. Yeah. But what happens if it gets if the ser- if the situation gets out of hand and gets very serious? What happens then if the unit isn't local? Oh, they have to go to Cork. I mean, they'll have to go to the city. There's one in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll have to travel up from, and it could be a very oh, rural area. They'll have to go, yeah. It can also yeah. be very dangerous to travel, depending on the nature of the crime and the nature of the of the threat uh, that's posed to them. Uh, that could be very, very difficult. I mean, we find that all the time, even with, with the women that we work with. You know, that, I mean, the, we get women coming here because we're accessible. Right, we're available. We're in the area. We know the area. We know how to get to them. We know neutral places and safe places where we can meet with them. We know where the local guard stations are. We know where the courts are. All of those things. So all of that kind of local knowledge is really important in getting people to trust you and getting people to open up uh, and to get the support that they need. But if you're going to have to take people up to the city or they're going to have to find their own way, it's usually under their own thing, they're going to have to get to the city. That's not going to happen in the same way. This is about local policing. This is about providing that kind of familiarity um, and that kind of comfort of, of faces and, and a community policing that actually understands where you're coming from. You know, yeah, and really and wants to help you. People are in a vulnerable state enough at that stage and they need to trust people. So if it involves oh, travelling yeah. more and meeting more people then to get to that particular area of the city, you know, you're, you're, you're breaching their trust. You're asking them to trust other people and they can be in a very low state sometimes, can't they, Marie? Oh, totally. I mean, you know, a lot of people, when you're looking at these, these kind of crimes, these are people who just want to curl up and die sometimes. You know, they just want to the world to go away and they they have been violated in the, in the most appalling way you know not just physically but emotionally um psychically they've been violated and you know and that takes some it takes a hell of a level of courage to even say this happened to me you know so it, it to to get to that to that stage where you can actually say this happened to me uh, and then have to find yourself going well what do I do next who can I tell this to where do I have to go I have to go two hours to the city to people I don't know to uh, a, a service that I've never dealt with before and yes sometimes people may want that anonymity but they can still have that anonymity while we're working with them here it just means that Everything is on top. You know, it's, it's easy to get the support. It's easier to get the support because we're here. We're in the area. We know the area. We know what people's needs are. We know what the challenges are of living in West Cork around transport, isolation, etc. You know, and people don't understand that in the city. 
Yeah, that's the thing, and at least you'll understand that, and they'll know that you understand that, and there's a comfort for them in dealing with yourselves, then, and, and dealing with the people locally in that unit. For the moment, Marie, we'll follow this and see if we can get any update from the Department of Justice or indeed the OPW on this for you. But for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. That is Marie Mulholland, uh, who is coordinator of the West Cork Women Against Violence Centre Urgently, who need this particular unit set up uh, in their area there of the West Cork Garda Division. Our lines are open 1850-333-103. Uh, something totally different, though. We're going to hear from a band and bass band, The Shrugs. Uh, they've released and sung a new song all about a topic that we discuss here on the show a lot, potholes, and how maybe a pothole on the road inspired them to write this particular song. We'll speak with them next. Discuss our road network on the show from time to time, and one word that keeps emerging is potholes. Now it forms the title of a new song by band and based band The Shrugs, and since they've released a video, it's got picked up by a number of online sites across Europe, and I'm joined in studio this morning by Keith Hendricks and James Downing of the band. Good morning to you guys, and welcome to studio. Hi, Well, first of all, it's something that is in conversation, I'm sure, every week across the Cork area. Where did you get the idea about the song? I'm sure it's your own personal experiences of driving around or walking around uh, the Cork area. Yeah, um, it actually came from, um, it was a kind of a two week period where I actually got two punctures with my car. So um, I drove into two potholes and um, that's where the inspiration came from, (laughs) just the anger. And um, I went home and I had the chorus and uh, yeah, those bloody potholes came out. And there was a a song you were thinking of writing about something in your head to do with roads or something or how did the words form? Because it all ties in very nicely along with the video. Yeah, it does. We we kind of built the video around um, the song, really, I suppose. But um, yeah, it, it, it... I don't know, the words just kind of came. I, I didn't think about it too much. It kind of just flows sometimes. So I wrote it, I think, in, I'd say, 10 minutes. It actually oh, just well, got actually, very quickly. So <laughs> Actually, there's, yeah. there's one line in it that uh, ends with piston broke that uh, is, like, engine-based that we really agonised on just to get a, 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 a punch, kind of a punchline of a joke that's in there towards the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we were wondering, because we, we don't know much about mechanics, but we were wondering, <laughs> does the piston, is, is that part of a car? Or, and then we was like, oh yeah, okay, it is, so we can... We can <laughs> so you've been keeping that in, yeah. <laughs> just to get the mechanical side out of it. So yeah. that was the hardest line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You produced a video, and this is where really the song got picked up on was the actual video, because if anybody has been on news sites in the last month or so, you, I know we shared it here on our own socials, but also other media sites across Europe have shared the particular song and that's where it got its attention did you expect that attention maybe here in in Cork but really across the country and then elsewhere as well Um, not not really like I suppose we expected a little bit of a a buzz around it um, maybe locally and stuff but um, when it got picked up by the examiner and breaking news then we were kind of like oh it kind of really translates well across the country as well well it's a big boost because I I think it's a, a it it kind of affects everyone. There's there, like there's not one person that hasn't been annoyed by a pothole. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's a relatable song. <laughs> and the video itself, then I don't know what road you went down. You can tell us now in a while. It really portrays uh, some roads across Cork. Uh, the road you're on, there's potholes all over it. Uh, where was that film? Was that film locally in the Bandon area, or where was it done? Yeah, we d- we we did it in um, kind of three spots. So two spots were um, in Clashifree just um, towards Balladine, that area. And um, then the other part was up in Upton. So uh, in Upton, we found a huge 
chasm of a, a yeah. pothole. It was, that was actually amazing, actually. Was and people kept stopping. Keep, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. And it's a video, and they were all really smiley and excited. It was like, oh, really, a video? You must let me know. That's out a lot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably thought it was a news item or something when they saw you filming a pothole. Yeah, I think some people like the roads. we had driven into the pothole um, and were, you know, maybe in trouble. Maybe neighbourhood watch or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that could get you in trouble if there was a neighbourhood watch around the place, but we won't go into that. <laughs> you had a girl as well then, and on the basis of the video, you're singing about yourself, you're coming home, Keys, you're in the particular video, you're supposed to be walking home after a night on the town, you fall into a pothole, and then you're driving uh, the next day, I presume a different day if you are, not after the night before, uh, you're driving the car and you hit a pothole. But this girl magically appears and she uh, I won't say make, makes the pothole disappear but she puts earth or something to the pothole a flower grows it just explain the theory behind that yeah um, I suppose we, we had this kind of concept idea of um, filling all the potholes around Bandon with flowers but then we kind of found out that if you do that um, and if people drive into it then we might be liable yeah so that was so a, a no go that was a no go so, so we incorporated <laughs> it into the video instead yeah. and um, it's my niece who's um, Supergirl super in it <laughs> and she kind of appears and she fills the pothole and everybody is happy then that you know there's and a flower in the pothole the way that other news sites were comparing you to various artists and one of those artists was Richie Kavanagh now I know the music at the very start of your song it is kind of Irish but as it goes on it isn't you couldn't consider it a, a trad Irish song were you surprised at the comparisons you were made there of Richie Kavanagh yeah well th- like I, I found that pretty bizarre but like it was good you know any, 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 anything that's picked up like that is and I, like he writes he writes good stuff you know he writes funny videos and, and yeah. I mean, that's all we want to read it's kind of more of a novelty single than our, it our was. previous yeah, yeah, efforts yeah. and that's what he does so yeah. if they're going on that line it would make sense yeah, so basically yeah, absolutely, I mean, yeah. but musical mm. yeah like Richie has his style <laughs> yes that, I, think, uh, I think he has he's kind of unreplicable yeah I think so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and any more videos on the pipeline you know you've done a number of them over the years you've done charity singles uh, you did it was what was the one last year it was a kind of a sunny happy kind of song you yeah, did as sunny well afternoon. sunny, sunny yeah. afternoon and that was a big hit that yeah, really made it yeah. That open, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so our, our kind of our kind of business plan if you like is to release one one single a year and like we this is our fifth year in existence as the Trogues and and um, we have six singles, so you know the the plan is going to plan, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and those six singles will eventually form an album, maybe later down the road. That's, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And how is gigging at the moment? You'll always hear from various people who play in bands that for a number of years, gigging went down. People didn't use bands; so they they couldn't afford bands. They went down the live mu- the live music route via a DJ or an in house system. Is that changing? Are people bringing back live music again in, in bars in venues? I think so. Um, I, I think bars do try and get in the, the live music when they can, definitely. Um, we've been we've been fairly busy now over the summer and stuff. We've been gigging most yeah. weekends. Um, it gets quiet then, you know, quieter periods and stuff like that. But we, we've been lucky. We've been steady. Yeah, we've got a few residencies mm. in, in few pubs and stuff. So, um, yeah, we're kept busy. And, and have you any gigs coming up in the next few months? Christmas, I presume, is a busy time. Um, we, we have a few coming up. We have kind of a residency in um, the Market Bar in Bandon. Uh-huh. So we play there every month. The overall plan, you mentioned there about the singles and all of that. Would you like to make it big? Would you like to be uh, out and about touring, starting off maybe locally you've done, but maybe across Ireland? Would that be the ultimate dream for yourselves and I'm sure bands like you in the area? Or is that something you see that maybe at this stage 
can't happen but something should never I suppose be said like that it can't happen but mm. would that be something you'd like to achieve I think so I think we'd love to um, be able to, to go around Ireland and play loads of different places definitely playing our own music definitely yeah, I, I mean yeah. I'd love that like yeah. it's, ver- it's, it's very tough to, mm. to, to keep as an independent band it's, it's very very tough at the moment but like the more support we get and our, like our live shows our, our reputation for live shows is, is fantastic like we really work hard at, on harmonies and, and like if you like I mean, I mean if you check out Spotify you'll see our six singles that are there on the shrugs and they're all, they're all very different you know and we've, we've, we've like we've brought them from an idea to our he- in our heads to a video on a single so that's, that's really difficult <laughs> you know yeah. but I, I think I think our, our quality would speak for itself so li- you know lis- getting, getting people to listen to your music is the toughest thing because on social media and everything there's so much noise that people don't know you know you, like it, your attention is gone within two and a half seconds so you have to really drag people in so hopefully with potholes that people will enjoy it and, and, yeah. yeah and that's a good point you make there about what is on social media but also I presume it does make a bit easier for you guys and bands like yourself to get airplay because it's so hard now to get airplay on maybe a lot of radio stations it's got a very commercial market here in Ireland like it has in other countries and that can be hard for people to get the break they want but when they get the break they can make it big but do you find that that it is hard to just make that one break that you would need to get known better yeah I well we, so. we have to thank you very much yeah, like definitely. C103 and yourself and, and Patricia Messenger and Tim Coughlin and John hmm. John Green John yeah like, uh, like any support is brilliant and you know when we were rsvp.ie all those kind of sites sharing our stuff is, is that's, that's vital for us like, yeah to, hmm. to get known so then like once you're known and your reputation is known then people can trust you to deliver a show or or you know they 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 know what to expect and they know you can deliver what what they what they would like and what people enjoy and mm. i mean basically like we love it really that's basically mm. that's that you know that's about exactly, it really yeah. you know like yeah. you wouldn't do it like i mean you wouldn't do it for money because there's, there's <laughs> not much money in it <laughs> yeah, so you know so you like like yeah. we love it and i think that comes true in our playing and our musicianship i think so and and even you know success or no success we'll keep doing it because we yeah. enjoy doing it yeah. so and the passion you both have the passion definitely and it's, it's great as well to to see people enjoying your music so uh, yeah it makes it worth it then yeah. you, get a, you get a lot of compliments don't you, and <laughs> you, you yeah. did, they, did it not compliment you, you? Oh, well, you know, no, he, I think he's the favourite <laughs> why do you say that Jesus. Uh, no, well because he's brilliant <laughs> uh, Jesus. there you go now there's keys there's some complimentary keys on a Tuesday morning for you after a bank holiday weekend anyhow uh, best of luck lads with all your up and coming gigs uh, best of luck with any new videos you're bringing out uh, keep in touch with us and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from you uh, throughout the uh, Christmas period coming up and I'm sure again next year we'll have you back in for your, your next single as you're saying that's your business plan one a year so let us know year, yeah. <laughs> come back to us next year for the moment this is the song we've been speaking about uh, that has taken Europe by storm online the viral video it's Potholes here at C103 it's Cork today those bloody potholes are all over the road I sometimes wonder will I ever get home I was walking home one night I must admit After a fine big session on the drink Strolling down the lane Like all the times before I knew them like the back of Barlam Bray I was nearly home So close to home When I fell down 
We are well done to the lads Keith Hendricks and James Downing their latest song Potholes from Bandon based band The Shrugs would you agree with them with those potholes you'll see along the roads and damaging your car that's where the inspiration came from as you heard from the lads on their particular uh, single I'm sure we'll have an album from them over the next year or so but that is The Shrugs and you can find that uh, you can get the album as, or their single is out at the moment and you'll also find it online if you just google The Shrugs you'll get more information there online but well done to the lads on that the video as well of course is up on the C103 Twitter feed. On the way I've got a lot more comments in to do with the presidential election in particular to do with Peter Casey and why people believe in him and why people voted for him. Uh, those comments on the way after midday plus if you've been listening to Joe Heffernan on with us for the last number of weeks we have been discussing how people and how you should cope with stress. We have a questionnaire today and how indeed you are doing coping with stress so have a pen and paper ready. Good afternoon to you. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one with Cork Today. Bernie takes your calls 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed you can tweet this afternoon at c103cork. On the way, we've been discussing this, by the way, for the last few weeks, uh, coping with stress. Our regular counsellor on the show, Joe Heffernan, will join us again uh, this Tuesday and... We're going to be doing a 
questionnaire probably the wrong word but it is type of a questionnaire on how indeed you will and are coping with stress and how you have maybe in the past coping with stress and we'll be discussing that later but have a pen and paper ready as well uh, because we are going to do that particular uh, questionnaire and we're going to go through how indeed then with the results a person should be and and how indeed they are coping with stress we'll have a a calculation your score and the higher you get or the lower you get if that's good bad or indifferent so we'll discuss that with Joe so it's on the way after 12.30 have a pen and paper ready or if indeed you haven't heard us talking about stress uh, no harm to do the survey if you are worried about stress anyhow or maybe how stress is overtaking your life that's on the way uh, just after 12.30 this afternoon but just more of your comments coming in to us to do uh, with the presidential election and indeed uh, more so to do with Peter Casey of course we heard during the show that Peter Casey wanted to join Fianna Fáil and then become Taoiseach Michal Martin has said now that's not a runner he then in the meantime has been offered leadership of Renewa uh, but he has whether or not he's going to take that on or not I'm not too sure but he has been offered leadership of renewal those within Fianna Fáil one of them Noel Collins from Limerick didn't want him and uh, meanwhile while he didn't want him a councillor in Kerry would have welcomed Peter Casey to the party but now Michal Martin has rejected all any of those offers to come forth uh, so where for Peter Casey is the question at the moment and will he just run as an Indo or will he join a political party well a lot of people in touch with us about that particular issue because no surprise as we mentioned to anybody about Peter Casey's votes considering just on the phone calls and texts coming into us over the last week and a half uh, the support he got because of what he spoke out and the truth he spoke and then not only what he spoke but when he was on about welfare state and people getting up early in the morning and the way he described different areas and what was going on in rural Ireland I think he did touch base with many living in rural areas and also there was a protest vote in there as well a lot of people unhappy on what the government is doing and how they are running the country out of Dublin and maybe not in tune with what is happening with the ordinary person on the street and the ordinary person living outside of Dublin. Anyhow, your calls and comments on that. John in Cove says Peter Casey is no better than all of the others in the Dáil. If he got into the Dáil, he would be all mouth and no action, just like all the others who don't give a damn about the people once they get voted in, says John and Cove. While Anne in Banalascarthy says how many people would have come out to vote if Michael D was not on the ballot paper. She says the farming community have no interest in Peter Casey. While Mary and McCroom feels at this stage two big parties should come together with Peter Casey and do something for the country. She feels we don't need any more elections. We are sick of elections, says Mary in McCroom. And a texter here is saying Peter Casey got the votes because people are sick and tired of the do-gooders in this country who have no idea of what they're talking about they don't live in the countryside and also they don't see what goes on in rural areas uh, says that particular texter while Christy in Temple Glanton says Michael D Higgins got away with talking up socialist values all his life but he lives a lifestyle of extravagance and privilege on a salary in the region of around 1000 thousand euros per day if you add in all the expenses and the extent of which then are undeclared and if you add in those where he spends overnight you could be talking a lot more than that all of this we have while we have a housing crisis facing our young people and families a trolley and waiting list crisis ongoing the list is endless he does not practice what he preaches the only good thing about having Michael D as president is that he will spare us paying him a presidential pension of three thousand euros per week Uh, 
says Christy in Temple Glanton. While Betty is saying, uh, well, now that we have a second Donald Trump in Peter Casey, he could be a good man for this country. Maybe he should be a sub-president. To Michael D. Higgins, feels Betty on text to 0862103103. Some of your views there regarding Peter Casey. I don't think there's ever going to be a sub-president, but anyhow, thank you for your text, Betty, on that. And Adam, um, who emailed in just uh, earlier on in the show to jp at c103.ie, he said, listening to you this morning, uh, and this is regarding the presidential election, but also more so on Peter Casey. I did vote for Peter Casey, Adam says, but it was also a protest vote. I feel that we have a two-tier country, Dublin and the rest of Ireland. And then, Adam says, a two-tier society, the public service and those on social welfare. And then those of us who have to get up early every morning and actually work. Adam says, I work five days a week. I then work part time at weekends so I can fund my mortgage and pay the bills. I am not on a bad wage in my main job or do I not live a big life? I don't. It's just we feel things have got more expensive in the last number of years and I have no choice to do what I am doing. But I am not alone. Others are doing likewise. However, this weekend, my friends who are public servants were all on about going out for the jazz. So they did. And best of luck to them. But, Adam says, I had to work so I could ensure to keep a roof over my head. So I feel I am working two jobs to fund the public service and the social welfare system. People say so many are not leaving Ireland anymore, but I can tell you I know of people who are considering leaving as they cannot afford the cost of living in this country and they are looking at cheaper alternatives. So that is why Peter Casey got some votes, not only for what he said, but also a protest vote in this country, says Adam on email to jp at c103.ie. And do you agree with Adam on that? Um, A young guy who is has a mortgage is trying to pay all his bills and with that and he, the job his main job he is in the job he works on Monday to Friday pays well but because of the cost of living increasing and everything going up and having a mortgage he has to work weekends as well not too sure uh, where he works weekends but he has to work weekends and with that in mind, the jazz weekend, the bank holiday weekend last weekend, all his friends heading out, enjoying themselves. But he feels himself, his own view, is that he, because he's working Monday to Friday and indeed working weekends, he is paying for the public service and indeed for those on social welfare who he feels have a better life than him because his friends who work in the public service are Monday to Friday. And I presume this is office jobs now because the public service can obviously go into emergency services and, and the hospitals and that not. But I presume he means someone working in an office job uh, in the public service. So they're Monday to Friday. And then he feels that those on social welfare also uh, aren't working, obviously enough, if they're on social welfare. So he feels that's another issue. And he just feels that he himself, along with others, are funding both the public servants and indeed those on social welfare. Uh, your views on Adam's email, uh, jp at c103.ie is our email called Bernie1850333103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp at that particular number as well, 0862103103. Uh, there is a lot of comments in on various issues, but I want to go back to one comment in from Dan on WhatsApp regarding Peter Casey. And while everybody is on about those getting up early in the morning, Dan has a good point here on those who were reaching retirement age. And Dan says, uh, just the comments by Peter Casey and indeed other politicians on looking after people who get up early in the morning. How about our citizens who are heading into 
are in retirement and old age. They have gotten up early all their working lives, paid higher taxes, think back to the 80s and worked longer hours without the types of working hour laws and protections that are presented in today's working environment. And then they find themselves put on job seekers benefit if they have to retire at 65 have social welfare chasing them to ensure they're searching for and find work what on job seekers, as well as changing the rules to make it more difficult for them to access the full old age pension and benefits. I can't wait for the next election, says Dan on WhatsApp to 0862103103. And in fairness, you'd have to agree with Dan there on that as well. So many people we hear of who were... Uh, maybe not near retirement age or have reached retirement age and for one reason or another then uh, cannot get their pension for a certain age or if they're just at an age where they'll have to wait another year for the pension uh, they're on job seekers but then of course if you're on job seekers you have social welfare on your back asking you uh, to prove your foundry employment they'll try and push you on courses then with Taurus New and all those type things uh, which is it is unfair for someone who was 63, 64 has worked hard all their lives to be expected to do this when they really only have a few months or a year to go until they're entitled to their pension and then at that they don't get their full old age pension because there's been something along the line that has changed or indeed there's been something uh, uh, basically along the line where they have lost out on stamps and they're not getting their full pension. So uh, a lot of uh, people, I'm sure, Dan, would agree with you on that. Thank you for your text, 0862103103. Now, a lot more text in uh, on, indeed, uh, the presidential election and, indeed, on other comments coming in on that. Uh, I just want to go back to a few more, though, on different issues and this, firstly, to do with a coffee morning that was held over the weekends and this is the ladies from Adrigal who had a coffee morning for the Irish Community Air Ambulance and they raised a grand sum of... 715 euro and that was held at the Caja Centre in Adrigal so well done to everybody there uh, who are raising funds for the Irish Community Air Ambulance over the weekend and more comments coming in with various other subjects a lot of people are texting in saying they agree with Adam the email I just read out there and a lot of people agreeing with Dan as well in the last few minutes on WhatsApp and a final few comments in on the presidential election because uh, one texter here is saying Eileen and Bantry well the election is over now time to move on Peter Casey this Peter Casey that was the presidential election not an x-factor auditions asks Eileen in Bantry uh, yeah it went down that road and believe it or not whatever people feel about Peter Casey people want to hear more about him and some would want to see him in office I think he's just shuffled up uh, the establishment because of what has happened over the week I think people are just sick of hearing uh, promises and then promises not coming through from our establishments and and those in government and finally in this John and Bannon colleague says what are people getting all worked up over Casey for the rest of the candidates they were all rubbish and a joke. And another texter saying, what is Casey going to do? Talk is cheap. 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie.
And the Irish Blood Transfusion Service, they will hold donor clinics in the Charnival Park Hotel. They go ahead today from 3 to 5 and again this evening from 7 to 9. And Inside Out Cork is a group specially set up for people who want to talk about mental health challenges in a safe place. You can join them for a chat on tomorrow, Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the evening at St. Michael's Centre. And that is on 36 South Main Street in Bandon. And Mallow Art Club, they host Dorothy Roberts and that's on Thursday at 7.30 in the Mercy Centre and Dorothy will work on the woodland scene and that's on this coming Thursday in the Mercy Centre at 7.30. And the music room in Boherbui, that's on Thursday as well at 8 o'clock. It goes ahead in the Pierce Memorial Hall in Boherbui. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 And just on the presidential election that particular day, we were also voting on a referendum. And Christy, on his view on the particular referendum and the result, of course, it was a yes. Uh, Christy saying, I can't believe that the people also voted to remove blasphemy from the Constitution. The move is on to remove God and the concept of Christianity from society. And the people have given the go ahead uh, to government to do this. It was a sad day for Ireland, feels Christie on text to 0862103103 and we were speaking earlier about the uh, unit and the lack of housing for the protection unit and that was with Marie Mulholland from, in regards to domestic violence and, and it was something that was mentioned about a year ago, was due to happen in 2017 hasn't happened, was due to happen this year, they're saying now early 2019 anyhow, it just opened up the discussion as well on the lack of housing and Tom saying uh, when discussing the lack of housing, he's asking Cork County Council how many vacant council houses they have at the minute and why they have a vacant one four-bed detached council house next to his home and it's vacant for the last 12 months. It's now starting to look like an abandoned house. Any conversation I've had with the council about the condition of this house, Tom said, is falling on deaf ears. Uh, so no wonder we have idle houses and problems with housing if there is houses which would have been in good condition but are now deteriorating because it's been left idle for over a year. Thanks for your text on that, Tom, to 0862103103. And on the issue of shopping and going into supermarkets and getting parking and all of that and a lot of uh, topics and the conversation on that particular issue especially in the city areas because of the Pana ban that is in for the last number of weeks and some traders not happy with that particular ban some are well Dan says JP I was in Merchants Key yesterday and he said half the shops were closed there now that could be because it was a bank holiday I know some shops open and some don't but uh, Danny House felt that half the shops were closed there he says some other shops were empty not surprised as they now in the car and this is in, in most car parks in the city charge three euros per hour to park says Dan and yeah pricing has gone up in a lot of the city car parks these would be the more private car parks in the city uh, they've gone nearer to the three hour mark and you know, yeah, there's still an issue with shops. Uh, obviously, Bank Holiday Monday, a lot of shops will be closed and everything will be open. But there is still a lot of empty units across the city centre. If you walk around, you will see empty units. In fairness, there is a, a less of them in the last year or so, but still there is empty units. Uh, Dan, thank you for that. And a warning for parking. Yeah, parking has increased in a lot of areas. And just like Adam's earlier email there to do with everything going up, it has. Things are increasing. And something I will touch on tomorrow because I've got a lot of calls in there about various issues. We're not going to get to today, but people who were out jazzing over the weekend and people that 
weren't drinking excessively, might have had one or two drinks, noticed they were paying over six euros for a pint. And one woman has let me know that she paid 9.50 for a gin and tonic, touching on 10 euros after midnight. So uh, there is a a high cost, is, is one way to put it, but there is an increase in costs in our city and indeed in parts of the county. Mainly, though, uh, the city, I don't know, was it because the Jazz Weekend was on? People basically uh, had their prices uh, and increased them. Not too sure, was that the reason the, the Jazz was on? They increased the prices? Or are we in a situation whereby Cork is getting like Dublin? And when you look at the rental market, the prices have gone way up. There's a shortage of accommodation. Are we getting the same when people are out and about? You'll always hear about Dublin. If you're up in Dublin, you need extra money because everything is so expensive. But have we also fallen into that particular trap now here in Cork uh, that it is getting expensive here in Cork and if we hear those prices from the weekend of 6 euros for a pint and we have um, was it 10 euros or 9.50 for a gin and tonic are we getting like Dublin that way anyhow we'll touch that back uh, on that tomorrow on the show because I know I have a lot of comments in for people who were out enjoying the jazz but felt it just got very expensive here in the Cork area also by the way for those of you who are commuting and use the lower Glamour Road just a word of warning that will be closed every evening from 10 o'clock until 6am in the morning Morning. It's happening until next Sunday. Uh, just a word of warning for people who were on to us last week who maybe have been at work or maybe have been uh, visiting people in various areas of the city and going back home to either Glenmire or going to Fermoy and Mitchellstown and weren't aware of this and got caught uh, or indeed going to East Cork if you weren't using the tunnel because one of the evenings last week the tunnel was closed, the roadworks were on and there was mayhem in that particular section of the city. But Again, the tunnel will be open this week, uh, but just in case you were uh, going to those areas, again, the Lower Glamour Road closed from 10pm to 6am and indeed Friday and Saturday it will remain closed from 10pm to 8am the following morning. So just a note of that if that is your route over this particular week. And also an email in for those of you in the McCroom area. There was an advert in the Southern Star regarding an information event for the over 60s in McCroom. It was organised by McCroom citizens uh, information though is incorrect because the date on the advertisement of the paper is the 7th of November but the event has actually taken place it took place last week so if you were thinking of going to that particular over 60s event in McCroom it took place last week alright just some people have been in touch about that that was on last week just a misprint in the paper 1850 lines open you can text or whatsapp 0862103103 and Dennis has been on he got a letter in the post last Friday and the letter claimed they were from the International Lottery, saying he won €815,000. Now, it came from Madrid, so it's obviously one of, as we used to call them, the Spanish lottery ones. Uh, on the letter, it said he was not to discuss this with anyone until he had the money got, so he knew something was wrong. Again, if you get those letters, bend them. You have not won the lottery, if you think you have, and it came from the International Lottery. And also, those scam calls still doing the rounds, but your best just to ignore those and hang up on them. A lot of them doing the rounds over the last few days. Now... And during the last few weeks, we've been discussing stress with Joe Heffernan. And if you have a pen and paper handy, keep it with you because we're going to be continuing discussing coping with stress. But also now we're going to have a questionnaire and this will bring a result and will really show how indeed you are coping with stress currently in your life. Joe joins us next. And Joe Heffernan joins us as usual on a Tuesday afternoon after the bank holiday weekend. Hello to you, Joe. Hello, John Paul. And you had a nice weekend. 
Not too bad at all, mm-hmm. no, yeah. Um, you know, got in a bit of a good old walk and things like that. Nothing exciting, I'm afraid, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. maybe restful. Well, restful is good on the topic we're going to discuss today yeah. and continue to discuss, Joe. And we've got a lot of people who've enjoyed this topic over the last few weeks and have engaged with us on this and stress, it just goes to show when people are engaging on a topic that stress forms a big part of the daily life, doesn't it, these days, Joe? And just listening to the comments we got this morning, obviously we were on about the presidential election and we were speaking about the vote Peter Casey got and why people voted for him and all of that and just people feeling that some parts of society are out of touch and the reason why they voted. And one of those was, uh, one guy put it very well there on an email to me he just finds that he is struggling to pay bills struggling to pay the mortgage and he has to work two jobs to do this and working two jobs Joe as you will know will bring extra stress so it is a big factor in today's life yeah and I mean uh, on top of the two jobs there's um, there's uh, quite a bit there's a lot of stress attached to debt Um, and as we know um, a lot of very good very honest, very solid people uh, got into um, uh, a spot of bother or serious bother even um, during the, um, the the boom time. Um, you know, maybe maybe overextended because everything was going to, it was good and it was going to get better and then it suddenly it got awfully worse and a lot of people were left with a lot of debt that um that they never expected to have and are still trying to deal with that now so um yeah i mean uh, that would be a big stressor um uh, that comes up quite a lot um with people who would be uh, uh, talking about stress in their lives yeah, and then outside of the money side of things, it's how you deal with that. I mean, if, if you still are able to pay the bills and you are working a lot, or there's something else in your life causing you stress, because it could not just to do with your daily life, it could be health issues, it could be anything, Joe, will bring stress on, really, as we've discussed over the last few weeks. But it's yeah. how people decide to cope with that. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, yeah. Like, as you know, we had an awful lot of stress in our lives recently, uh-huh. about as much stress as you'd possibly want um more than you'd want um with ken's illness you know um i mean suddenly finding in a phone call that your son uh has pancreatic cancer um that's just about as stressful as it gets um and uh i suppose in in my own case in that and mary i suppose trying to keep things as normal as possible you know do the working day um uh, try to include in maybe a visit to the cinema, um, uh, phone calls to other family members, um, and friends have been extremely supportive. I mean, we've got phone calls, um, cards, visits, um, uh, and and that has been very very encouraging too. But yeah, yeah, a lot of stress. But talking to those friends, Joe, that called, that can relieve the stress somewhat because you're getting what's in your system, out of your system by way of words in a way. So th- th- that can help as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there can be, you know, there can be anger attached to it as well. Like, that, you know, uh, we could have done without this in our 70s mm. kind of thing. And um, uh, just trying to cope from day to day. Uh, and um, I suppose distraction is good um 
You know, with other members of the family, maybe we might, you know, go to the cinema together, have a meal out together, that kind of thing. Um, you know, go for walks. Um, uh, fortunately for me, my day is kind of set out for time management. I mean, you know, I'd 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 have um, the few appointments in the day have to be in that place at that time, and and that helps too rather than being at a loss, like, what do I do next kind of thing. Yeah, and um, that and that, that's how for you maybe and for others you can cope with it in that certain way. And it's something we're yeah. going to look at today, Joe. We have a question here that we're going to go through yeah. and people will give themselves certain points for yeah. each topic we, dis- we, we go on and then at the end you'll get a score and when you calculate your score you're going to give whether you have a good score a perfect score or a really good score for dealing right. with particular stress. Just a right. line here what we're going to do so because I've told everybody at this stage to have a pen and paper ready okay. uh, for this particular questionnaire so you can do this at home with myself and Joe and see how you get on and see if this really reflects your life and if you are coping with stress in the way that we're discussing it here today. Yeah, and what I did myself was I just wrote down a plus at the top of a piece of paper and I wrote down opposite it on the right a minus. And I just totted down my pluses. That's the first half of this. I totted down my minuses. I subtracted one from the other. And I looked at what was I left with, what score. So it's as simple as that. Okay, so we'll start with the first one, Joe. So we'll start with the positives, I suppose. A good way to start. We'll start with the positives on how you would cope with stress. And the first one here you're talking about is basically, and you mentioned it there yourself when you spoke about your son, Ken, is having support around you and a supportive family. And that's that's a big thing in life, I suppose, for everybody. So you give yourself 10 points. Um, This is going to sound a wee bit like the Eurovision now. Um, (laughs) Do support or whatever they say. Give yourself 10 points anyway if you have a supportive family. So that's 10. Now, something you always talk about, Joe, when you're not only on about stress, but everything mm-hmm. in life is to be active or pursue something. If you can, of course. Time well, now would, no, would, would be a that. hobby. Yeah. Um, this would be, and it needn't be, you know, it could be playing cards, it could be um, whatever, but it's a hobby anyway. So give yourself 10 points if you actively pursue a hobby. And points for that. So okay, yeah. most people would have a hobby these days. I believe. I think Again, so. if you can, if you, it's different to me. Here's me saying that. But if you can get a hobby, if you if time to do that. Yeah. And uh, now, again, the third one um, is getting a little bit more particular. Yeah, yeah. It's give yourself ten points if you belong to a social or activity group that meets at least once a month. Now that's quite specific. Um, a social or activity group that meets at least once a month. I suppose if you go to play cards on a Sunday night and uh, you know that you that you do that at least once a month, well, that that you can give yourself ten points. Um, Right, a social or activity group that meets at least once a month. Would that include maybe meeting up with friends for a meet or something on a Friday evening once a month or something like that? I suppose it would indeed, because it says a social or activity group. Now, I'd say it is um, is aimed at a more kind of specific thing. We'll say if a person goes to a yoga class now once a week, I'd say it's more geared at that. Um, And I'd say if we're in doubt about any one of them, kind of 
don't give yourself to 10. I'd say be hard on yourself now for once on this one. Be I'm realistic. usually saying be gentle with yourself, but we'll be a bit strict on this with ourselves. I did it earlier now, and um, you know, there was a few that I gave myself, and then I kind of thought, nah, not mm. really. So I, I, I didn't, you know? Yeah, myself and Bernie were doing it now beforehand, and we were the same. We were ticking things, and then we were saying, a hobby? No, that yeah. don't have time for hobbies. That That's yeah. out the window, so you leave that out. But you can no, easily yeah. be too generous, but you're right. Yeah. You have to be realistic on, on this particular one. And I suppose social outing as well, it wouldn't be, Joe, meeting your friends for a drink or anything like that. It, it would be more so because, you know, meeting for a drink could, could lead to more stress in a way. Yeah. So it would be more an activity rather than a real social scene. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. The the, the the hint there I'd say would be the word group yeah. it kind of suggests like a definite group that meets for probably a, a definite uh, reason okay uh, so you can you know. give yourself or not give yourself 10 points if that does fish yeah. you now yeah. the next one Joe is something the next one no I, unfortunately I wouldn't give <laughs> myself the 15 okay. but there you are give yourself 15 points if you're within 5 pounds of your ideal body weight. Now, a lot of us mightn't know our ideal body weight, but we'd have a fair good idea if we're more than five pounds, kind of like, uh, at a guess, um, over what we should be, or indeed under. But um, I suppose most of us would be more worried about the over. Um, So that's worth 15 points if you're within five pounds of your ideal body weight. And then, I suppose, by the way, body weight can fluctuate then when you're dealing with stress, Joe, and we're all aware of that as well. Yeah. Uh, the next one then is if... Uh, no, you you encourage this a lot, actually, about relaxation and deep yeah, relaxation. Yeah, just to give yourself 15 points. Now, again, to specific. If you perform deep relaxation at least three times a week. I was talking to someone there recently now who uses um, a Headspace uh, app on uh, the phone um, and uh, finds that it's very helpful and would be doing that at least three times a week. So that person would be giving him or herself um, 15 points there. Um, yeah, I, I'd be giving myself that 15 now, to be honest about it. I, I, I do a bit of that, all right, a bit of meditation, a bit of um, uh, relaxation. Yeah, yeah. I'm, unfortunately, I, I can't give myself anything for that because oh, I don't okay. do that. So I'll have okay. to give myself an X on that one there. Fair enough. So the next one then is something I can take and this is exercise, which is also very important, Joe. Right. Give yourself 15 points for each time you exercise for 30 minutes in the week. Now, you could really score big here, like, because it's 15 points for each time that you exercise, but it has to be for 30 minutes in a week. No, unfortunately, my score on that wouldn't be great at all. Um, I I do go for walks and that, but um, the 30 minutes would catch me out, I think. Um, I might give myself a bit for it, but I wouldn't be, um, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't be, I, I don't know what 715s is. Um, seven five, thirty five, seven one, seven. That would be a hundred and odd points if you did it uh, the seven days of the week. Well, I wouldn't be within a donkey's roll of that anyway. But if you did it for three times in the week, you, you did thirty minutes for three times. Some people would do that in a gym. You could give yourselves the fifteen for those three times. Indeed. Yeah, so okay. you'd be scoring forty five. Yeah, that's good. Indeed, that's a big scoring one. Okay. Now the next one. 
is 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 a handy one. Um, I, most of us would be given ourselves. Give yourself five points, just five, for each nutritional balanced meal you eat in the day. Now, I'd be clocking up 15 there, and um, I'd be pleased at that. Um, I suppose most of us would be would be collecting 15 there. Yeah. And the next one, then, is, um, again, I'd be giving myself a few points there. Give yourself 10 points for each time that you do something enjoyable just for yourself in the course of the average week. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, I, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit generous with myself there. But I mean, if I had a favourite program on the telly that I would follow, um, I'd consider that something enjoyable that I do just for myself in the course of the average week. So it is ten points for each time that you do something enjoyable, just for yourself in the course of the average week. Now that could cross over into the walk. Um, a, a person who has maybe a dog who would take the dog for a stroll or a walk, um, you know, something that you enjoy. And for each time that you do that in the week, you can give yourself 10 points. So that could be a good scoring one for a lot of people as well, John Paul. Would you think so? Yeah, I would indeed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, most people would either either the walk you mentioned there or watching their favourite drama or soap or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the next one then, we've only two more. The second last one, in other words, give yourself 10 points if you have a place in your home where you can relax or be by yourself. Um, you know, if, 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 if you've some place that you like to just sit down, have a think, maybe even have a lie down, some place where you can kind of get away for a little while, um, one wouldn't recommend it uh, in a big way. Like, I mean, um, uh, someone spending an awful lot of time in one's own uh, bedroom or something like that, well, I mean, that wouldn't be a plus. That would be a minus. Yeah. But if you have a place in your home where you can relax or be by yourself, yeah, take a break from the world, like. And without someone disturbing you that you're on your own for yeah, a few minutes. Yeah, it would yeah. kind of fit in, I suppose, with a bit of deep relaxation. Mm, yeah, all up above, yeah. Um, now, the last one then on the pluses is give yourself 10 points if you practice time management in your daily life. Now, those of us who are working, I mean, I, I suppose you would automatically give yourself the 10 there. I mean... You you started at whatever time this morning, but you were on air at 10 o'clock and you knew that it was 10 o'clock and it wasn't five past. Um, and uh, I'd be that way too. There'd be someone coming at X time and I'm there at X time. So I suppose it's kind of a bit imposed in a way, but still it's time management. I mean, you know, we can't be halfway up a mountain when when, when we should be at work. That's true. And if you don't make it on time, well, then you're you're going to be late. And depending on your job, that could have a massive consequences uh, for you, absolutely. depending on where you I are. I mean, in your job, they are now like, I mean, um, there wouldn't be much point in you bowling in at 10 past 10. No, um, not it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't, it wouldn't fit at all. No, even though some people do think we rock on at 10 and just it's all there for us. But no, unfortunately, you have a, a, an earlier start than, than yeah, that. Yeah. So now speaking of time management, we have only about three or four minutes left, Joe. Okay. So we'll go to the uh, negatives okay. now this so time. Now, 
we'll add up all those. Add up all those first. Now, when I added mine up, I got 110. But we, we'll see how we go now. See how now, you go and we'll take off the negatives then, yeah. And there's only four of them. Okay. Subtract 10 points for each packet of cigarettes you smoke in the course of a day. Now, I don't know, but I, when I was at them up to 1985, I would be subtracting 20 there because I used to smoke 40 a day. No, I don't smoke any, thank God, which um, many, many, many years. Okay, 10 points for each packet of cigarettes you smoke in the course of a day. If you smoke 20 in a day, that's subtract 10. Right, the, ne- the next negative, there's only four of them. Subtract five points for each evening during the course of an average week that you take any form of chemical substance, including alcohol, to help you sleep. So, for example, if you take a sleeping uh, pill, um, each night in the course of an average week. Um, and if you did it every night, well, that would be seven fives, 35 on the, on the, on the minus side. Okay. And the, 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 the second last negative one, subtract 10 points for each day during the course of an average week that you take any form of medication or chemical substance, including alcohol, to calm yourself down. So if you were on medication to calm down or if you were taking um, an alcoholic drink to calm down, that's uh, 10 points for each day that you do that. So that could turn out to be a big minus or it might be a small minus or it mightn't be there at all. And the last one is subtract five points for each evening during the course of an average week that you bring work home. That's work that was meant to be done at your place of employment. So if you're bringing work home, say, five nights a week, that would be 25 onto the minus um, uh, list. Um, So we add up our minuses now. Uh, I got 45. So I was subtracting 45 from 110, which thankfully gave me, if my maths is right, 65. Yeah, and I, I, what I did well for me, Joe, in the positives was the one for exercising and you add up every time you exercise for the 30 minutes. And I go to a gym um, every week and I go for 30 minutes three times. So that's ah, Monday, yeah. Tuesday and Friday. So, so that's where I got my, my bigger ones. Yeah, uh, but I got, I, I didn't do so well then on other ones there. So 85 overall. The biggest downfall for me, Joe, was bringing work home every evening. All right. Uh, which in, in this game just follows you around anyhow. Uh, so that's where I fell down. But 85 was my one. But overall... On those particular results, Joe, did, did you how finish you up with us? a total of 85? A total of 85, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. No, that's very good. I mean, um, just to say it to people there, the perfect score, I mm-hmm. don't that any of us got that, but 115, a good score, 50 to 60, and an, an excellent score was 65 or more. And I presume, obviously, if you have a perfect score or more than 65, you are some way, anyhow, coping with stress. If you're below the, the average there, maybe you just need the way you look or the way you do things. You need to look at that, Joe, and just go, oh, yeah. go about I your mean, day if, differently. If you, were, if you were 50 or below, you'd want to have a think about yeah. those questions. And maybe the ones that you couldn't take or that you ticked in the negative to maybe say, OK, can I make changes there? 
Uh, and one one there, we well, it might fall into this. It probably does fall into what we mentioned in the positives. John and McCroom says, when I feel down, I put on a bit of comedy on a video where I look at it from YouTube and that does cheer me up. And that's something you could include in the positives there, Joe, if, if you can't get to do one of the ones we mentioned. Oh, comedy yeah. is good as well. Or watching something, something funny. Something enjoyable just for yourself in the course of an average week. So if you did that twice, it's 23 times it's 30. I often mention, I remember one evening I was in shock and bed or a farm altogether. I went down to Killarney. I went in to see that film, The Hangover. Oh, yeah. yeah. I laughed enough and I came home in miles better form. So it does prove a laugh. We'll get you in better form uh, overall when you hear that. Uh, Tim in Bandon, who was doing the survey with us, got a 105. That's a very good result, isn't it? Wow. That's really, really good. Good man, Tim. You're really coping with your stress. And also, uh, Mary uh, did this along with us. She's got 95. So well done to you, Mary. So uh, a lot of people coping with stress the right way. And coping extremely well. Extremely well, well, indeed, Joe. Well, uh, thank you for that, Joe. A lot of um, interesting uh, narratives there and indeed interesting ways to be looking how to deal with stress. And even uh, if you're not dealing with stress and you haven't got that particular score on the various points we mentioned there, Joe, they will give you ideas on how to cope with stress and how to change your life around. Absolutely. One of my things now for coping with stress would be have a glass of water to hand when I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So the voice doesn't go. I I had a bit of a, a frog in the throat last week and um, oh my god for stressful I, I was yeah. hoping the next few words would actually come out <laughs> I know nothing worse than that but you go through a fight no fear of you yeah. Joe thank you for that we'll chat to you next week okay. uh, Joe Heffernan there joining us from Bohor Bui he's an accredited counsellor you can get in contact with him on 029 76617 that's it from myself back with you again tomorrow with Cork Today from 10am my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.